Can you hear that Rocky Mountain water as it thunders coming down to wash you away? You can't hold back the rising tide and you can't stop the chains that's rolling down the track. You can't stop the chains that's rolling down the Welcome to South Paws, episode 484. Gotta keep it vaccinated! <laughs> I'm Puzzle. I'm Saverin. And I'm still Shiva. Yay! Hey! We're all here this week. Huzzah! And Shiva, you've, have, have you begun to transform yet? Are you becoming a Alas, lizard no. or anything else? <laughs> so, I got vaccinated today. Yeah. I had originally signed up for the county vaccination list. I last looked like last week. When I first signed up, I was seven seventy thousand and change. Uh-huh. Uh, like last week, I, they dropped down to like 50,000 and they were due to get a bunch more vaccines in. So I figured maybe the next round that they got. Mm-hmm. And then yesterday I realized, oh, shit, tomorrow I've got a doctor's appointment. And, it, cause, and then call, confirm, blah, blah, blah. Remember to actually put in for the PTO. <laughs> Surprise. Uh, and then later on the afternoon, like three hours later, get a text message. And it's like, oh, shit, that's a text from the county. I can go get vaccinated tomorrow. Exactly on top of my doctor's appointment. I just confirmed. Cool. So oh, shit. <laughs> shot my boss a message, said, hey, Change of plans. I'm going to go get stuck at work <laughs> or stuck, you know, stuck yeah. for work. Yeah. So went there and then shortly later, uh, Siam got a text and he was also in tomorrow's same time appointment. It's like, cool, cool. And so realized it's all the way up at the Dallas Motor Speedway, which is it's a fair bit out from here. It's about 40 minutes drive. And they want us up there in the middle of rush hour. Ooh. Oh, you had to mm-hmm. get real early this morning because getting out yeah. there is not easy. So we were out the door probably about eight thirty or so. We got mm-hmm. up there. My appointment was at ten a.m. and we got there probably about nine thirty, nine forty. So we were worried that we'd have to go like sit and wait for ten o'clock, but no, they just rolled us in with everybody else. Cool. So they. They have a giant ass parking lot that they've segmented up into like slices, yeah. and they you come up and you get direct directed like air traffic control into lanes. Yeah, like they do at fairs and everything else like that, but much mm. more strict. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then so you get put in lanes like you're going through a toll booth, and you pull up to one, give it a questionnaire. Yeah, have you ever had an allergic reaction? Blah blah blah. The usual questionnaires whenever you get a vaccine of some sort or nature. Exact same ones, just a lot more mentions of allergies. Mm-hmm. So that's you pull up a little bit further. It's probably about another 50 yards, and there's another row of tents. You don't. They roll down your window. You scan your QR code, and they stick you with, with a needle. You roll up your window, and they run you into another lane where you park for 15 minutes. And then once you have no reaction or anything else like that, they let the entire lane go. So my stepmom, my dad, uh, two of my three sisters have had the vaccine so far. So there's one sister without me. And we're all like, yeah, no problem. All we had was a sore arm the next day. No big deal. So I'm sitting in line and got jabbed and we're waiting to go. And it feels a little weird. I definitely feel, am I panicking? Maybe I'm panicking. No, no, no. I definitely feel weird. And what it was is if you've ever had way too much caffeine and you get that kind of buzzing underneath your skin and you could kind of feel kind of your muscles tingling and buzzing. Mm-hmm. It was like that, but you also felt like your face was flushing. Your lips were a little tingly, you know. So I'm texting my parents because, well, we got a group family chat, described it. And then my butt of a sister who got it done like two weeks ago said, oh, yeah, that happened to me. Came on about five minutes after you got it, 
don't worry. About 15 minutes in, it'll hit peak, and then you'll come basically 30 minutes, it was gone. I'm like, you never mentioned this. Oh, sorry. <laughs> like, she was just like, yeah, I got jabbed today. Da, 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 da. Nothing, no big deal. Did not mention this weird feeling. Uh, and lo and behold, yep, by the time we were heading out the gate, everything had stabilized. I was feeling pretty okay. Fettle off most of the afternoon. Not super bad, just a little bit. Eh. And I've had a headache that's tried real hard to take hold. But mm-hmm. took an Excedrin, and so far it's at bay. Well, hey, that's yeah. good. I mean, so you got the, uh, it's going to be one of the two-step ones, right? Yeah, Pfizer, and so in about three weeks is when I get the next one. Okay. So I've actually read your your symptoms online. I was reading an article about the vaccinations, and they said that that's a, apparently a semi-common reaction is like feeling like you're amped up on caffeine briefly after the shot, and then it goes away. So yeah. Apparently that is, that is a thing to uh, watch out for. Yeah, and I hadn't heard mention of it all that much. Yeah, you know, everybody was like, May- maybe because it just went away so quickly. Possibly, yeah. I may take a uh, Xanax before I go get mine, and because if I have a reaction like that, I-, I can totally see myself having a natural panic attack. Well, that's partly why I was telling you. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate the heads up. That's good to know. Yeah, I mean, for me, I signed up. Because here in DFW, if you follow the Twitter account, Fuzz, you retweeted a, an article that linked to all four counties, Denton, Collin, Tarrant, and Dallas County, their individual sign-up pages. And they're like, hey, if you sign up elsewhere, just let us know if you get it. And like, yeah. Collin County was the only one that gave me any sort of number, and that number mm-hmm. was 253,000th in line. So it might be a while before I can get my jabs. At least where, on the Collin County we scale. Are so We're it's like... We're the 252,000 ish. Like, I did myself, Tieran, and Ajax, because uh, Tieran was just like, hey, can you register us too? And I'm, and I'm, I'm literally fucking registering multiple people on different websites. Did I feel like this is exactly what it feels like to register all my assistants at a convention? <laughs> hey, I mean, they, this is, in a way, registering your assistants. At least so you had practice. Yeah. At least let you. At least you've had practice. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Like phone number, date of birth. Okay. Um, one of them, I think it was the Tarrant County one, um, actually asked if you have insurance because they're like, it's free, but if you have insurance, we're gonna try to get some of the money back. And I'm like, okay, fine. So, you know, I collected everyone's insurance cards and entered all that info in. They did also make sure to point out that, yes, the vaccination will be free. Like, if you don't have insurance, mm-hmm. cool. If you do, cool. doesn't matter. On the Fort Worth page, they did note, like, if you have insurance and your insurance doesn't give us any money, that's fine. You're not going to get a bill. Which was oh, okay. reassuring. Because I was yeah. reading all the text on these going, is there anything, especially on the insurance part, but the, it's just like, hey, do you have these issues? And it's unfortunate that it kind of falls down to the counties. Like, yes, there are county-level uh, health departments, but like all the websites were different. There's no uniformity between the two. Like, I don't know if there's interoperability where like, if somebody gets their vaccination, then like, there's no real way for them to say, all right, this person has been vaccinated in X County. It falls to the person that got it to, to inform them. Like, I wish there was some better centralized communication on that. Cause you know, what happens if somebody doesn't cancel their appointment with well, then they're supposed to get show up, but I imagine also oh. that they confirm it. Eh. So what I uh, read about that, I, um, if, that article, another one is that generally at the end of the day, if they've had some no shows, whatever vaccinations are left, they go ahead and give them to the volunteers that were there because you know they're they're out of the freezer. You got to use them. Yeah, so that's cool. At least we're getting something of a plan, like. One third of us have been vaccinated. Yay! Well, the first step of the vaccine. Vaccine. Right. So the podcast is one sixth vaccinated. <laughs> Woo! That's ahead of the game. I mean, my parents got their first dose here a couple weeks ago, so mm-hmm. they'll be getting their second here end of month. Then, like another two weeks after that, and I could, in theory, see my parents safe to them. 
but you know, still waiting. But yeah, that's that's good. I'm glad you got vaccinated because I know. I mean, we're all we're all kind of old and in a couple of high risk categories, don't you know? So as quote unquote older furries, we uh, are up there yeah. on the list in the phase one. Uh, so that's good. Unfortunately, too queer to function is not uh, one of the qualifying reasons. So we have to have other ones. So, anything else on the vaccine front? Because we do have some follow-ups from last week that are uh, kind of cool. Oh, let's go to the follow-ups. Uh, I haven't heard yeah. anything else but vaccines. So. Well, that's it. Okay, so moving on. So last oh, week we... Oh, how are you feeling? I, sorry to go back on what I just said. Quick question. How are you feeling now, Shiva? Are you like, is your arm hurting a lot or a little? Or... Doesn't hurt at all yet. And like I said, I've got maybe a slight weirdness in... The, like the limbs and uh, maybe a threatening of a headache, but not quite a full headache. Mm. I think the weirdness of the limbs will be the other two coming in. Yeah. You know, once your torso starts elongating and turning into a tiger, then, you know, you'll know it's really taking effect. <laughs> uh, anyway, okay. Let's, uh, what, what did you queue up for us next, seven? All right. So, up next, so last week we talked about the city of Austin. They defunded some of their police, and they're using that money, that more or less same amount of money, to purchase up hotels for um, extended supportive housing for people experiencing chronic homelessness. And yes. there was an article from KXAN detailing somebody who got their act together, got their feet underneath them, or now have both a job and their own apartment again. A gentleman named Jason Fleischman. 46. He basically just had a lot of health issues and ended up homeless. He had been living underneath Route 183 in North Austin, but he got himself into the system. He went to the former Country Inn and Suites uh, as permanent supportive housing and got himself cleaned up. I mean, the biggest thing for homelessness is that some people need like a month, a few months. This guy stayed for eight months, whatever, but he got his feet under him and has a job and an apartment now, which that's really great. That's fantastic. And what's oh. really nice too is that like the city points out like, hey, like we've done the numbers and like on average, a homeless person who ends up using city services over the course of a year uses on average $101,000. But if these people have a place to stay and have supports put in place, that saves the city on average $65,000 a year per person Jesus. that comes that is off the streets and in stable housing so like this person who is they're not suffering ill effects from like heat stroke or ending up in the hospital because of cold or frostbite or anything like that the net cost of weights on average according to this article is sixty five thousand dollars per person and they're just like look like that's including the thirteen to fifteen thousand dollars a year per person for the permanent support of housing like, just to maintain the the unit they're staying at costs this much a year, but it's still saving us $65,000 a year off the city budget. Mm -hmm. And, like, of course, it should be obvious to everybody that, yes, if you give someone off the street and take care of them, they're not going to end up in the ER as much. And that, like, giving people a place to stay is a hell of a lot cheaper than, say, incarcerating somebody for, like, you know, someone who's cold on the streets decides they're going to steal a six-pack of beer, get arrested so they can at least stay in the jail, you know. This way they have a place they can stay, they can get their feet underneath them, and it's just, it was a really good story to see pop up in, in the awesome local news, especially since last week they got more on the national news for mm. deciding to actually use some of their vacant hotel properties to help the homeless of their city. And yes, Austin does have a pretty big homeless problem. And now it's just like, hey, Dallas, um, what are you going to do about this? Because we're way bigger than Austin and we could, I'm sure there's some vacant hotels around that they could purchase and use for that. Yeah. A really positive, good news thing to be like, this dude just needed a little bit of help. And mm -hmm. what do you know? That's it's socialism, amazing baby. what stability. Can, yeah, it's amazing what stability can do to actually help somebody get their life back together. Yeah, and it's stupid that we still keep keep having to have these things. Where it's like, turns out, if you give poor people money and support, they do better. Like, 
Yeah. No they shit. keep proving this right in various places all over the world, including various locales in America as well. Like, there's cities that have been like, well, let's try UBI for a small select uh, number of people for, like, six months. And, you know, and then this, this situation in Austin, and it's like, yeah, this keeps working, but there's no political will on a national level to be like, let's make this a thing that happens everywhere. We, I, know, I know Dallas could benefit from it. Um, there, there are quite a few homeless people downtown. Um, but when you think about areas like San Francisco that have like a, apparently a super bad homeless problem, it would definitely help out there. Like, hey, that's a positive thing to talk about and very glad to hear. Um, yeah. In other news, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene has been removed from her budget committees. So fuck her. So that's a good news thing. Uh, Marjorie Taylor it Greene, is. the uh, Georgian House of Representatives member uh, who ran unopposed because her uh, opponent was going through a nasty divorce and had to leave the state because he was broke as shit. So she kind of got in by default and she sucks and it's crazy and ended up on a couple committees and the House was like, actually, no. So she has been removed from the education and budget committees. And everyone's like, oh, she's the conservative AOC. It's like, well, actually, AOC has things that help people and isn't a conspiracy theorist and hasn't said that uh, you should execute Nancy Pelosi or that moonlight, like <laughs> Jewish space lasers or that school shootings were fake or that you couldn't swear in on anything but the the Bible and not the Quran. So like she's, uh, <laughs> she is nowhere near that. But there's been a lot of like, false comparisons between the two but it's one of those things that she now has an opponent like somebody in her district has already said fuck it i'm running against her thank god so in like two years time she may be already out it'll be interesting Mm -hmm. to see how much of much as the media wants to put up between like oh there's a civil war in the republican party and it's like well it's really going to be a struggle between like people that are just you know mildly fascist versus the Q wing of the party, which is just openly fascist, wants a dictatorship and thinks that the uh, coup in Myanmar is the coolest shit ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and also believes in space lasers for some reason. Yeah. So Marjorie Taylor Green, <laughs> she's a nut. Unfortunately, she's also like the new craziest person in, uh, in Congress. So they're going to focus on her a lot. Mm. She's not the only Q anon affiliated representative right correct uh lauren bobert of colorado is another similar person uh she who uh her her gimmick was that she had a restaurant that she ran where the gimmick was that everybody had a gun right yeah and also at one point gave mass food poisoning to a group of people because uh, it turns oh, out the what, what restaurant you, you was called it the two A cafe. I think it was something, something like that. that, or Shooter's yeah. Bar. Girl. It was some stupid name, but she also has a negative health department history in her area for causing people to have bloody diarrhea due to uh, like no temperature controls being present. So like they were contracted to give like pulled pork barbecue and didn't maintain temperature on it. So a bunch of people got extreme food poisoning. That was fun. Look, salmonella is conspiracy pushed by George Soros to force us to have to pay for food inspection. You know, I hope that they decide to start eating chicken sashimi to own this lib. I would feel incredibly <laughs> owned. <laughs> God, so she just sounds incompetent as well as just being a a terrible person the only thing you have to be to get on the ballot is breathing and you don't even have to be alive to win your election so there's that yeah Um, and you know i don't i don't necessarily want them to have qualifications like you have to have a degree or something like that because then you're gonna cut off access to Congress for, you know, poor people and other disadvantaged people. So the, the fact that it is so open and that anybody can, can run is a good thing in some ways. But, you know, yeah, with uh, freedom comes responsibility. And the people that vote for uh, QAnon folks are, are not showing that. Yeah, I mean, that's the curse of having a 
fully civilian-run government is that sometimes the dumb civilians get in. But uh, what can you do? You just kind of mitigate them as best you can. I mean, it, it oh, hmm? oh, oh, oh! I just got really awesome news. Oh, like oh. really, really good. So there's me, and I have one very complicated sister up in New Hampshire, kind of like foster step. Uh-huh. Uh, two stepsisters and my blood sister all live in. Uh, Live are from Virginia. Well, one of them had, was up in Pennsylvania, and then recently she hopscotched down to like somewhere in either West Virginia, Virginia border, and she just got word that her husband got accepted into the hospital as the same as my one of my other step uh, sisters. So that means that they're hopscotching again and will be living next to uh, one sister. So it's going to make getting together everybody so much easier. We will see them like once every two or three years. Uh, At least when we can get back out to um, Virginia and actually see people again. Right, yeah. We can actually have big family gatherings. That's so good. Uh, Looking forward to being able to see people again at some point. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's good. So moving on to another kind of follow-up. So last week we talked about how a lot of indictments are coming down for a lot of the capital insurrectionists from the 6th. And people initially were kind of like, what What are all these fucking misdemeanors? These suck. This is like a year at most. This is terrible. We really have to drop the hammer. It's like, well, and I explained last week also that they get the misdemeanors to tag you and then a grand jury has to do the indictment because it's a federal case. And now they're starting to return a bunch of these people, like the, the higher profile individuals, like the guy that put his feet up on Nancy Pelosi's desk, zip tie guy and mm-hmm. his mom, uh, the bullhorn lady. She got arrested today uh, because she was fleeing. There is this one lady who uh, – Gina Bisonago, who is the <laughs> blonde white lady in her like 50s or 60s who was photographed with like extremely runny mascara. So just last week I mentioned that I hadn't looked up what the USC particular violations were because I was like, that these seem serious, but I don't know, right? So I can act- mm-hmm. actually did – the research, just to say I went to uh, Cornell Law Online and just entered the things. And yeah, actually, they are, people are facing some very serious charges. Um, and as Ken White slash Pope Hat was saying, it's like the federal courts g- generally don't seek maximized penalties in these cases because charge them, want them to plead guilty so they can get them out of their system. Because there's like 800 people that they're seeking and that's about as much as they face in a year or so in that particular district court. So they, mm-hmm. they're speed running to a new most cases in a year. Anyways, so the big one that they're hitting everybody with is 18 USC subsection 1512 C2, which is obstruction of an official proceeding. And Ooh. that one turns out is actually very, very serious. That is a federal felony, a 20-year felony with up to a quarter million dollar fine. Wow. Then 18 U.S.C. subsection 2, aiding and abetting, uh, which is an interesting one because it doesn't have a particular penalty associated to it. But aiding and abetting allows them to charge you as if you were the principal antagonist of the crime. So that yep. that's serious. Um, 18 U.S.C. subsection 231, A3, civil disorder, that's that's minor. But then there's destruction of government property, entering and remaining in a restricted building or grounds, disorder in the disruptive conduct in a restricted building or grounds, engaging in physical violence in a restricted building or grounds, and disorderly conduct in a capital building. Well, it turns out that the 18 U.S.C. subsection 1752 ones, entering disruptive conduct and violence, are all about 10 years a pop. And then civil disorders like a fiver and then disorderly conduct in a Capitol building doesn't have a stated penalty, but it's probably, you know, a modification. So mm-hmm. this one woman here, Gina Michelle Bisonago, it's Italian-ish, I don't know. It could be looking at like 65 years if they wanted to maximize and probably over half a million in fines if they wanted to maximize. So there you go. I thought it was interesting because, you know, we saw these people doing all this shit and – then misdemeanors and people are like what's going on well you know 
the Gears of Justice, they grind slow, but they grind fine. And a lot of these people are facing very, very serious charges. And like this Gina lady, she didn't even get any of the more violent things charged. She just, that's like the baseline. Um, yeah. The, there's a couple of dudes who have additional, uh, Patrick McAfee the third, uh, got nine counts because he got the enhanced versions of all of his stuff. Additionally, a, a charge of assaulting, resisting, or impeding certain officers using a dangerous weapon. So he, uh, this is one of the guys who was assaulting an officer with like a bat or whatever. And turns mm. out that's very serious and will tack another 20 years, quarter million dollars on your bill, as it were. So basically don't do that. If you're going to go to Washington, D.C., do not engage in insurrection and do not hit anybody or kill any police officers because that's very bad. Um, it will put you in prison for a very long time. Also, don't fucking live stream your crime. That would be my big advice. <laughs> and it's it's really interesting to see their how shitty their OPSEC is, you know, wearing things that could be uh, led to be identified, you know, like the zip tie guy doing a, uh, an interview without his mask on previously and wearing the same clothes that he wore to the insurrection. Like when you, when you want to have Wendy's, but you got an insurrection at nine, you know, <laughs> and all the, uh, the state identifying things like the Tennessee specific flag and the Tennessee brand coffee company and shit like that. Like, uh, I mean, all the BLM protesters w were like way better about this, you know? And it just shows how fucking dumb these people are or how not, not even dumb. I'll take that back. I'll just say arrogant, naive, you know? naive to a point, but I think it's really arrogance. I think it's like their belief that they are right, and that unlike BLM protesters who know that the system is rigged against them and will fucking come at them with force, these majority white insurrectionists believe that, that no one will possibly stop them and that they're not like those thugs and hoodlums. You know, there won't be any consequences. They're... Uh, 100% doing the right thing. And there is also the naivety of thinking that Trump would save them. Thinking that they ha we have the president's permission, we can do this, therefore there will be no consequences. And then they're just left there with their asses hanging in the air when Trump fucks off to Mar-a-Lago and leaves them dangling. Not even going to press F to pay respects there. Mm-hmm. And there's still some people who think this is all part of the the, the plan, you know, or, or think that the, they did a face-off between Trump and Biden, or that Biden is actually Biden, but Trump is controlling him from behind the scenes or something like that. So, Like some kind of supervillain plot. Yeah. Shadow Prez. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's Operation Shadow Prez is what they refer to it as. So, fun fact... <laughs> Today, actually, there's like three things that intersect with that today. So Mike Lindell, the crazy pillow guy who got himself and his company banned from Twitter.com, uh, put out like All a right. three-hour movie full of bullshit, like his own little thing that was truth. to tell you the truth about the secret stolen election, which was prefaced by a minute and a half, like, this is not true, we don't support it, please don't sue us when it played on OAN because they're getting sued for like 1.3 billion by Dominion and like another 2.7 by uh, Smartmatic. <laughs> and yet they still aired it. But then, so there's that, you know, he's like, if this doesn't catch on, well then I guess we'll pray and then go to heaven, which is like, someone needs to like, what's, what's the mental health hold 5150, you know, Mike Lundell, he's acting really weird a little bit suspicious there because there was an interview today with mike flynn who was like there was no plan there is the insurrection act was not signed like we just have to deal with what it is and so obviously to anybody with half a brain cell goes well yeah no shit and there's like the bitter enders that are like no this is proof that Actually, there is a plan you you lie to misdirect the enemy he's totally doing a thing and no. 
Is that General Mike Flynn, one of the guys yeah. who was in administration, something or other? Right. Yeah, he was in the administration, got fired, went to prison, got pardoned, and then was back at Trump's side at the end. But now he's like, oh, you know, there was no plan. So either people were like, oh, he's been captured by the deep state or they're holding his family or, oh, it's all an elaborate plan. There is a faction of people that will never let this go. And, I mean, what can you do? Like, you can talk to them. You can, like, mitigate them best they can. But they have to basically come out on their own. Because, like... Kind of like some splinters? Yeah. Because these people, like, they're literally being told by the people they've been idolizing that, no, this is fake. It was all a big ruse. And people are like, no, no, it's not a ruse. You're lying. And... Then with like OAN disavowing it because they're facing, you know, ruinous lawsuits, people are calling Newsmax Newsmarks, which is hilarious because like these insanely right wing companies, because they cross them once, they're actually, no, they've been taken over by communist, Bidenist, Antifa's cat girls. And it's like, no, the real world doesn't quite work that way. And people are motivated by money. And when the money's under threat, then that's when they got to like, either double down or basically show their bellies like it's probably not going to save them from having to pay up a lot of money to smartmatic and or dominion but ugh, like i'm looking forward to hearing of it less that's what i can say will it probably not but the the keyverts are still clinging on because yeah like they're they're still thinking like the next magical date is march 4th where donald trump will be the 46th president he'll be the 19th president because sovereign citizen bullshit is going on in the magic of their minds and the united states as a corporation will be closed and then in fact it will become the united states as a republic again and oh it's so stupid oh wow like i i'm with you to a point and i'm like okay i can see people believing that Uh uh-huh um, uh, but wait, what? Basically, ah. you remember the sovereign citizen bullshit that was thrown at like Dio from around uh, Rocky Mountain Fur yeah, Con and the nonsense about that? Yeah, it's it's yeah. that, but QAnon, where like the gold fringe oh of the God. flag indicates that there are people of the land and such and such the person, not the corporation. Like, if you want to have a bad time, just look up like sovereign citizens owning themselves on YouTube and uh, just the nonsense that they spout and then they go to prison. You know, it's like, well, I'm not wearing a seatbelt because I'm not driving. I'm traveling and therefore blah, blah, blah. And they're like, yeah, that's fine. You're still getting a ticket. Like, you really think after being continually smacked down by the courts every single time they try to have a ticket overturned or something that they would finally get their heads out of their asses and, you know, accept reality. (laughs) I guess not. Yeah. Like. This trail end of bullshit. I mean, it's been brought into people's wider knowledge and people going, holy shit, this has been going on since late 2017. And anybody who's paid attention to that and poisoned their brain, like me, is like, yeah, this has been getting dumb and dumber for a long time and actually, like, nearly killed the Republic and failed. But holy shit, you know, this is the power of stupid people on the Internet. It's really, uh, I wouldn't say impressive, but also just scary. So, anyways... There's some first stuff we can talk about this week. More specifically, the uh, IMVU has sold for Affinity back to Dragoneer. Right, yes. So you put this in the topic, so you dug this up, and do you want to talk about it, Fuzz? Sure. Um, so most of what I gleaned, I, I read um, on Dragoneer's Twitter account um, as people were asking him questions about this, and he was he was answering, being fairly open about it. So apparently IMVU is, it's either being acquired by another company, merging with another company, and it's going through a reorganization type of thing for what it sounds like, you know, so I guess they're they're figuring out what's staying and what's going. And there was not a place for, for Affinity in um, the roadmap of their future plans. So they were going to sell it. Uh, and Dragoneer gave them credit. He said they offered it to sell it to me first before just putting it out on the market to sell it to some random company, which I, I think was good of him. And he bought it back because he wanted it to stay within the furry community. 
the downside of this is that he was working IMVU because FA was a part of it, and he was getting uh, benefits and stuff through that. So by them selling FA, um, he's no longer working at at that company anymore, uh, and he doesn't have health benefits anymore. And apparently he pretty much had to spend all of his money and take some loans in order to pay for this, and he can't afford his uh, medication now. So he's put himself in a really bad financial spot. Um, Actually, to be perfectly honest, I mean, I'm kind of concerned about him because he's talking about he's going to be quitting some of his mental health medications called Turkey, and he's sort of tweeted he's done it before and it's rough, but he can handle it. Like, okay, but that's uh, something I would be very afraid to do. Yeah. You know? So, uh, like, okay, it's it's cool that it wasn't an acrimonious thing or anything like that. Yeah, it is still within the furry community. You know, we were all worried about IMVU, but they, they didn't fuck it up or anything. I'd be more worried if they were just like, hey, this is for sale. It's some um, random company bought it thinking they could gut it and turn a profit. But, uh, and that's probably why they got rid of it. I prob- they probably looked at their balance sheet and they were like, yeah, we're not making any money on this. You know, They threw a shitload of IMVU ads on it and everything, but I, I honestly can't really see that working out for them as an investment strategy. Yeah, it so, is unfortunate. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's like, ah, it, it is. Yeah. And, you know, they've already changed a couple of things. Change the header, change the logo. You know, he's talking about all the shit he wants to to do improvements. You know, so I guess FA has a team. Uh, I've never really been clear on how that works. If it's all volunteer based, if he's able to pay anybody. Um, but yeah, it's 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 good that FA is still around. But I'm like, as far as Dragon Year goes, not great. Yeah, you know, it's a little worried about him. <laughs> It's not a great situation. Like, he was put in a really hard place because, like you said, if they were going to not keep F.A. around, then that puts the future of F.A. in to great question. Would they just shut it down? Would they sell it? Would they have to do uh, content changes? Oh, you can't have, you know, it has to be clean. Are we going to get a Yerf thing? Who knows? And I don't know what... I mean, what really choice you'd have other than just, like, do you let it die? Do you let the thing that you've spent so much time disappear? Like, it's not an easy choice, and I do not begrudge him having to do it, because, yeah, F.A. is one of those weird things that's been around for a long-ass time in the fandom, and people, it has tons of detractors, and I don't, you know, there's plenty of issues with F.A., but, like, if F.A. goes offline, that's... Just a huge fucking swath of art that just goes, bloop, gone. Like, mm-hmm. yes, people have backups. You'd see this massive run on people just trying to download the shit off of FA before it died, right? And hopefully we don't have to do that in the future, but it is one of those things where FA, even for all of its foibles, is still this big repository of furry art dating back to, like, 2005 or whatever. And so, like... No, that's right, Oh five. Letting it die would just take a big chunk out of the furry fandoms not just the art but the stories the writing the fursuit picks even if it's not great it's still a big repository of our bullshit and so like one i would suggest if you have your bullshit on fa make sure you have it backed up just saying but also like understand that rooting for it to fail is uh very self-defeating I mean, this is not one of those very cut-and-dried things. Like, sometimes you'd be like, oh, yeah, those guys, fuck them. But it's like, well, in this case, it's like when, you know, VCL or Yerf died. Did, did VCL die, Fuzz? Did it finally did go offline? It has, like, it has, it always had, like, various mirrors, and, like, some of the, like, I think, like, the main one went down, but, like, one of the big mirrors was still up, or... You know, it may still exist in some form. I'm not 100% sure. Um, actually, no, it's still up there. us.vclart.net slash vcl. See, when was... It actually still accepts uploads, even. That's 
Huh? That's wild. It's just not like read-only mode. I know for a while there, one of the sites was mirrored, but it was like a read-only mirror so that like the archive would be preserved. But you know, I'm actually very surprised that VCL is still around. Yeah. <laughs> Tweets by VCL Art from June 5th, 2014. Signaling a slow crawl back to stability, if not relevance. More information to follow soon. And that was the last tweet. Oh, bless their hearts. Oh, poor thing. 152 followers. Also, like, if you go look at VCL, this is what we had to deal with back in the early days. Like, that and the Orlando Free Archive and even Europe were not that dissimilar. And so, yeah. FA's interface, while occasionally clunky, is still light years better than what we had to deal with in the early days. Um... <laughs> So <laughs> it's at least of this century. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there's that. Like I I hope that they can find some stability that they can get get some funding underneath them because you know, for what it's worth, it's still a chunk of our of our fandom's bullshit and should stick around if mm-hmm. only for that. And make sure that if you are a user on that website you have your stuff backed up locally because it sure would suck if for Affinity were to die and you didn't have anything on your local backups. Ooh, also that brings up a second point too. Like there are artists and furries who have died whose stuff is up there archived on FA, so I was just thinking that. Like there are people who have died and it's not just like their art, their stories, but all their journals, you know, all their friends talking to them, um, you know, conversations they've had, history. There's still people who you know, who have died years ago. There are people that their friends will go on their page and shout leave a shout every year you know on their birthday or on the day they die or something like it's kind of a a, a big thing you know and uh, it makes it very different than deviant art or she's art or what was the other y gallery all of those are other sites that like furries were on and furries had a community but it was not a furry website it, this is probably the one of the first like entirely homegrown furry sites like this where you get actually like comment and fave and journal and stuff like that because you know vcl post your art that's it no feedback unless you leave an email address on it for nation you're literally hosting your own website so people would have to email you to give you any kind of feedback but you know there's i don't think there's anything like that before uh, fa I saw someone on Twitter being like, we really need to create a new site that's so much better. And it's like, we'll we'll take your fucking pick. There's like four or five of them now. It's not their fault, really, but none of them have really become like a front runner. You know, there's like, like FA is way at the top. And then there's like five new sites clustered all the way at the bottom, fighting each other for attention. And you know, something drastic would have to happen, mm-hmm. uh, and then we would all have to decide which one to go to. Otherwise, we just splinter as a community, and individual artists and vendors are having to post to four or five different places instead of, like, the one place that 75% of your audience is going to see it. It's a, it's a difficult position. Yeah, because it's you not know, like we I, can count I'm, on Patreon to stick around, or we can't post to Tumblr anymore. Right, yeah. I mean, the Patreon could like change their mind, or or have another fucking horrible rules change because of venture capitalists. There was uh, a couple of tweets that did amuse me in Dragoner's announcement about this. Somebody very coyly asked, "Will they be changing any of their allowable upload rules? Will they be unbanning things that were currently banned?" And, I don't even know if it was Dragonier that replied. Somebody else replied, they're not bringing back cup porn. <laughs> the guy was like, okay, thanks. That's great. <laughs> it's like, like, we see through your bullshit. We know what you're asking. No. <laughs> it's like, you can go back to Ink Bunny. Be gone. <sighs> I literally think one of, somebody else replied saying that. Go back to Ink Bunny. Like, ooh. <laughs> so, for Affinity, it is a land of contrasts. Yeah, it's uh, it's a thing. If you want to support it, um, you can be a member of FA Plus, which currently I don't think gets you a whole lot, but uh, you're donating like five bucks a month. A member of and, FAP. Um, and I'm sure that, uh, yeah, FAP. Um, I'm sure that helps them out. If enough people are doing it. I'm a member of FA Plus because I'm just like, five bucks a month and I use it all the time. 
Like, I've paid more than that for shit that I barely use. I'm fucking Apple TV Plus right now because I started it on a free trial so I could watch Wolfwalkers. And I'm like, I haven't watched any of their original programming yet except for Wolfwalkers. There's like, really nothing on Apple TV Plus that's super great, honestly. Yeah. It's like if I go waste four or five bucks a month doing that, I could fucking support a site where I actually do use it all the time and enjoy content and I'm able to find artists to do commissions and YCHs. Yep. Twitter is how I've found the last couple of my commissions, but, you know, like looking at their FA pages, what made me decide to go with them, you know? Right. Yeah. Because you want... You, you want a gallery. You want to be like, well, what's this person's typical artwork like? And looking at the media tab of their Twitter is a total crapshoot. Because a lot of artists have realized that, oh shit, this shows like every fucking gif or meme reply I've ever posted as well. So the you know pro tip for artists, the, the media tab of your Twitter is not a good place to consider your gallery. And I, I think some people did think that at one point and hopefully they've been disabused of that notion but you know set up a card site or something like that that links to somewhere else that has your gallery yeah. trying to find your actual artwork or your your fursuit work or anything like that via your twitter is sort of a nightmare what else we got on the furry socialist uh, podcast agenda tonight Sabrin? well um so while the state of Texas is a shit show and you can expect nothing good from our state government, Virginia has been doing some nice things today. Um, oh, yeah. One, there's a cannabis legalization bill that both chambers passed today in Virginia. Uh, so that's really cool. And now it's just down to the details of, you know, basically the details. But they have both passed their own full legalization bill, and I'm assuming the governor is on board to sign it as well. Because uh, the Dems have all three houses, or all three parts, of the government in Virginia. Additionally, uh, Lee Carter had put forth a ban on the death penalty in Virginia that also was passed, and now just needs to finalize the details and be signed. So, uh, that's cool. Virginia is the state which has executed more people than any other. Each chamber still has to prove the other chamber's bill, but as of today, we've cleared all the legislative hurdles to abolish the practice. The only acceptable number of executions is zero. That is from Lee Wait, Carter. Virginia outdid Texas in executions? Well, they've been a state a bit longer than we have. I suppose. Yeah, and people were like, wait a minute, you've killed more people than Texas? And that was basically their response, is like, we've been around longer than you. Yeah, but like our, our killings per year are like super high. Yeah. Especially under uh, when uh, George W. Bush was governor. Didn't he make it a point to like try as many people as possible? Yeah. Hell, I mean, Trump did it on the way out with some federal death penalty shit, too, so, you know... Yeah. Like, it's just ex exercising but, power on people that they can kill. This this really shows what a huge difference uh, local elections and state-level elections make. You know, it's not just about the federal, because last election, Republicans got completely fucking pounded into the ground in the state of Virginia, you know, with Democrats taking both houses and the governorship. And they've been making actual changes there and that's that's great actually shows what you can do when you actually have the power to do something that's why it is very concerning this um 50 50 with the vp making the tie-breaking vote deal that we have in the senate right now is that you know <clears throat> if the filibuster is still an issue it's going to be really hard to pass a lot of uh democratic legislation yeah, on the on the national level in the like, Senate, you they're know. they're doing the COVID nineteen bill via re a budget reconciliation, which is like a procedural bullshit thing they can do with just fifty votes, like right. a couple times a year maybe. And so it's yeah. like we need to get rid of the filibuster because fuck this obstructionist bullshit. We don't need the consent of the Republicans. We have fifty plus one. That's how they've run the country the last few years. Either they didn't bring things to a vote or tried to pass their own shit so yeah like there, there really needs to be some serious stomping of the balls of the republicans yeah basically you've done it to us first you said fuck norms okay then we'll just do that then and it's not just the last the previous four years of trump like it was 
all but the first two years of the Obama presidency as well. You know, McConnell obstructed absolutely every fucking way he could. Um, You know, I remember that uh, the ACA eventually passed because they, like a fucking 92-year-old senator had to be, like, dragged from his hospital bed to basically make the uh, the final yay vote that put the Dems over the top. And uh might have been Robert Byrd, as he died not long after that. Like, but, you know, when Ted Kennedy died, it was like, oh, fuck, you know? Now we have, like, one less vote, and literally every vote matters in that situation. It's really crazy that our government could be just one party can just obstruct constantly like that. And it it pisses me off, especially when you have senators like Joe Manchin, who are like from a very conservative state. That they're like, I'm not going to vote to overturn the filibuster, and I don't approve of a $15 minimum wage. And like, you really just want him to have to go to the Oval Office and have Biden fucking smack him around a little bit and get him in the line. Yeah, like the only reason probably doesn't, that's say, probably not exactly how it works, but you know. Well, like the only reason that got Manchin on board with passing this one is that his state governor was like, "You better fucking do it," and he's like, "Okay." Yeah, because the Republican, Republican state governor—that's kind of interesting. It's like, no, 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 no. We may be Republicans, but I have constituents that I would prefer to not die. So. I would right. think that Republicans would generally have that, but no. I, I don't know. We it's have not being a twat waffle. Yeah. The politics on a national level really confuse me, because I'm like, the Republicans clearly have not given a shit about the budget or the deficit or any of that kind of crap that doesn't affect the, the everyday citizens for the last four years, at least. Oh, right? it's Every all time a there's a Republican president. You know, they they don't. And now it's like, guys, it's a fucking pandemic. It doesn't take money out of your pocket to be like, give everybody two grand a month, increase unemployment if you're, you know, not going to do that, get rid of student loan debt and shit like that. Like, that, that doesn't fucking rip food out of the mouths of their own children or anything like that. So I, I... the only reason for them to be against it is that they really can't stand the idea of people getting something that they don't think they deserve. Because they see it as getting something for free. And it's like, well, what is your fucking government for if it's not there to help you when you're down? Or keep your people of your country alive when there's a fucking pandemic going on? Right? The whole party, is it's just... It's just crazy. I don't understand people like that at all. Well, I mean, they're like, what does the government do? It's like, well, it kills brown people overseas. And so, like, one of the things, it's like, hey, the United States has pulled back its support of uh, Saudi Arabia's bullshit in Yemen. So that's a good step, like, unambiguously. There's still lots of shit that's going on. And so, like, we're just, like, lots of EOs, lots of various things getting changed, lots of Trumpers getting burned out from their positions, like the parasites they are. Like, last week, I think the DOD was like, hey, you know, all these people that were put in at the last second by uh, Trump, actually, we're just going to fire everybody in all these committees and start fresh. Because, you know, I can't fire tar- targeted, but I can fire everybody and get the people I want back. Oh, shit, I remember the other thing that happened today that was the QAnons were being nuts about was like, oh, Joe Biden hasn't flown anywhere on Air Force One. He's been in D.C. since he was inaugurated, actually working. He hasn't gone to go play golf or anything. If he's not able to use Air Force One, that means he's not actually president, that he's actually just a fake and blah, blah, blah. Well, no, today he flew out using Air Force One for the first time because he'd been doing work for the past two weeks. Three weeks. Yeah, I just read he went to Delaware, his home state, apparently. Yeah, so... For the weekend. There's there's one other bit of, like, haha, the Cubers getting told, getting slapped by reality. Not that they'll mm. notice. <sighs> well, you know, 
So, I mean, it's again, this has been a pretty positive episode. Yeah. I'm excited because I've been watching the Final Fantasy XIV announcement thing that was going on. That thing ran for two hours. Like, when we started, it had been going for an hour, and I just had it muted in the other window, and they're like – because they did the big stuff up front, and then they're like, all right, here's the other cool shit. Like, it's coming to to PlayStation 5, and we're taking away belts, and we're going to the fucking moon, and here's some minigame stuff that we're adding, and this, that, and the other that's not as important as the – here's the new name – the trailer, the setting, the new first of the new classes. Uh, the first of the new classes is a healer that is a laser mage. He has like four floaty little bits that float around, and you they make shields with them and also shoot lasers. Like the Magitech? Yeah. It's a completely new thing. It's called the Sage. So, I mean, given the fact that the character they show in the trailer, Alphano, is a Charlian Shade, the, the son or grandson of like the most well known Charlian Sage, Luisois, it is makes it, sense for it, him to. Is that short for like Space Mage? Uh, you know, they have little floaty laser boys, so I mean, they might as well be. Um, mm. And the other one is going to be a melee DPS, but they didn't reveal it yet. But they showed the first trailer, they showed this, that, and the other. It's coming later this year. All very excited. So, like, if you see, if you know anybody on Twitter that fa- plays Final Fantasy XIV, your feed, as of last night, when you're reading listening to this now, was probably full of people very excited and making very esoteric jokes. Because <laughs> we're all very excited to see what happens next. Because they're saying that the big storyline that was started in 1.0 is going to be wrapped up by the end of the base expansion in 6.0 and then they're starting a new major storyline so it's like six expansions and like seven years or so of game story wrapping up finally then they go on to the next place like the next major city is like uh middle eastern slash india inspired the beast tribe there is elephant people so you got big elephant dudes lots of neat stuff filling in the gaps on the map for places we've not been yet just real interesting stuff if you're into final fantasy 14 i'm sure you you know looked it up before you're listening to this uh, but yay excitement and like they're what's funny is they did the 6.0 like reveal as to what it is and then in like half an hour or so they're doing their director's live letter to talk about patch 5.5 which happens between now and the next expansion's launch. So it's like, we're telling you what's coming, and then we're also doing, the same day, the info dump for what's happening in the final patch of this expansion. Mm-hmm. Of course, so they, when does this uh, 6.0 come out? Uh, they just said fall 2021. They're not giving okay. solid dates at this point, because they're like, we've been working on it for a while, but also pandemic, and we're working from home, so, you know, they reserve the right to push things back. The other cool thing is that they're doing a worldwide fan fest in May, which is like, hey, you know, normally this is a paid event you have to go to, like how BlizzCon, to like watch their shit, you have to pay. They're like, nope, it's free. We're gonna, you can watch all the panels and concerts and everything for free, and we'll send you the link so you can do it. And also, there's some free shit involved if you want to do it too. I don't know if it's Nate. free, but they're like, here's an eight-person mount and some minions from Final Fantasy IV, which seems to be the theme of the expansion. So, ah, very exciting. Go go be a cat girl or a cat dude or, you know, a bunny girl or whatever. It's Final Fantasy XIV. It's fun. Also, tomorrow we're going and looking at houses. Well, tomorrow, I mean Saturday. So today's oh, Friday. I know you meant. Yeah. It's just like, to give people context, like, yeah, we're going to look. be looking at more houses. We're to that point. We're in that window of... Like, a pre-approval lasts X amount of time. Closing takes, like, a month. We're going to have, like, need, like, a month-ish of overlap between getting the house and moving out because we have to move and clean and set up and all this other bullshit. So it's, like, it's time to strike on... So, like, we're seeing three houses down in... As far as cleaning, you've lived there a long time and you have plenty of money. Just let them do the cleaning. They're going to tear out the carpets anyway. Oh, yeah. They're like, the carpet's not the big deal, but just like, you know, want to get the house cleaned out or the apartment cleaned out. But like, we're looking at some houses down in Southwest Dallas, actually down in like where Storm lives, down in like Duncanville or Cedar Hill. So like, on the south side of 20, so like, I wouldn't exist anymore. I'm sorry, guys, because nothing, nothing south of 635 exists to North Dallas Furries. But, yeah, like, down that, that way, true. Storm's down there, Keo's down there. I might have to go say hi to the Arlington Furries. Uh, uh. 
yeah, like we're, we're looking all over the damn place, but houses down there are a lot more affordable than they are up here necessarily for similar spots. And it seems like a decent area. Um, mm. But we're, we're still staying here in DFW, if at all possible. Well, no, we're staying in DFW, just flat. Um, yeah, you know, if you're not had, moving to Oklahoma, <laughs> where no. land or, is cheap. Or Weatherford, or Granbury, or <laughs> fucking Hillsboro. Like, I told you guys before that, like, Redfin has been showing us just the most random shit. And, <laughs> like, okay, well, here's a chunk of land in Blue Ridge, or Anna, or Van Alstine. And you're like, where the hell is that? Why are you showing me land near Bridgeport? What the hell? Why are you showing me stuff in Brock or Horseshoe Bend? And it's like, you have these criteria, but you've looked at all these stuff here. So we're going further and further and further afield. So now you're like five hours away from a city in the middle of nowhere, basically. There was a place that like was dead center between Corsicana and Hillsborough that it suggested to us because it was like, here, the price per square foot's really low. Because you're literally off a dirt road, off a dirt road. Oh, yeah. And I'm yeah. like, not a chance in hell. And, and Panther was like, well, yeah, not a chance in hell. But, like, check out this weird listing it gave me. And it's like, yeah, that's sure as thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, like, we're we're not going too far afield. But, like, Lancaster, DeSoto, Cedar Hill, Duncanville, south of 20 there is now on the option because – it's very unlikely that Panther will be going back to his office anytime soon because his team technically works out of Atlanta and he's remote. Oh. So it might be a case where he doesn't have to go back to the office way, way, way up in Frisco. And yeah, even if, he, if you guys lived south of 20 and he had to commute to Frisco, that would fucking suck. Yeah, because you'd have to go through downtown or go up 12. It would suck. But or to be fair, though, there are people in my office when we were physically working in the office in the central business district who do live in Frisco and McKinney and Allen. And they, they drive to the very last stop on the red line at Parker road and then take the train like a fucking hour all the way downtown. I remember way back in our youth when he got his first job in InfoSec, he was still living at his parents' place up, up around Lake Worth and was commuting all the way to like, across from where the fries and Irving is yeah, on the daily. And like when we lived in Euless, I was still working in Lake Worth for a while there and was dry having to wake up at like five in the fucking morning to get out there by six to start my shift. And so like long ass commutes are not super unheard of in our lives, but not what we want. Um, but again, yeah. like we've got our assets lined up. We've got, a pre-approval basically just ready to go and so Good. it's just a question of like finding a place that we really 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 want to pull the trigger on yeah definitely um so like yay we're trying to be adult ass adults and buy a house it's scary it's it's a really mm-hmm. baffling system like all the bullshit you have to do to buy a house is nuts mm-hmm. but we're gonna fucking get a house because i'm tired of living in an apartment i'm tired of having barky dogs all around me at all times upstairs neighbors who only exist to stomp like like i can't record right now because you know we're still working in fairly close quarters here panther is not that far away from me so like i can't record easily and between neighbors dogs and all that other shit it makes it really hard to do my shit because you know panther's on work calls a bunch and so like he has to take a call and that has to take priority because well you know i can't have his voice on the background and he probably doesn't want my voice coming on the background to his so yeah that's mm-hmm. that's neither here nor there that's you know privilege for fag life so don't mind that but as i said on twitter it's like i've unslotted the republican coup fears and set that aside and now my primary anxiety <laughs> can be purchasing a house so yeah i mean it is it is a big deal it's a big undertaking and i kind of couldn't believe we were doing it when we were doing it it was like wow i don't feel old and responsible enough to do this you know and i was in my 30s yeah (laughs) well i mean we're both coming up on our late 30s so you know hopefully we can get a house before the market decides to fuck us again because we we were trying to do this years ago and then the market crash happened and then we had a bunch of our wealth wiped out and now we're doing much better so you know there's that that's good yep 
so that's my big personal life update. Yay, we're we're looking at houses again. We're at the we're in the window where we have to get real serious. And <laughs> oh my god, oh my god, it's scary. But hopefully, you know, we'll find something we like. But that will be yeah. something that is it is not something you do instantly and like closing can take a while and finding a place can take a while and then you have to find a place and then jump on it fast enough because the market here in in dfw is nuts mm-hmm. it's hot yeah <laughs> it's icy well anyways guys i think we should probably wrap it up because we're past an hour we're at on to hour 20 on the raw and it's nearly 10 p.m so what do you say we do that so as for us, you can find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash southpodcast. I almost said the old one. Um, you can find us on Twitter at southpodcast. You can find me on Twitter at Seven Drake. You can still use our coupon code not at adamandeve.com and save yourself some money, which is wild. I got a little email. It's like, hey, you know, here's our, our code read for the, and I was like, oh shit, I should do that. Maybe there'll be an ad in the non-Patreon version. I'll insert it in somewhere, maybe. Ooh, that's really about it. Uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter at Fuzzwolf. Also, follow my business account at For Planet for all the news on furry books and comics and stuff. Uh, we will hopefully have some new stuff coming out here in the coming weeks. I have nothing that's special. All. That's fine. Uh, you can find a- Shiva in the Telegram fan chat. That is the easiest way yeah. to find. The Shakat. It is you can, the way. You can find Shiva at the following address. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that's going to wrap it up for this week, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. And on that note, good night. And get vaccinated. Yes. <laughs>